shot the sheriff, but I didn't shoot the deputy. Oh, no, no. Let me say it again, y'all. I shot the sheriff, but I swear it wasn't self-defense. Thank you. Wow. That one's, you went a little meta for that one this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it worked. Yeah. I like that. And I am really glad that you went with a spoken word over the singing. I think yeah, that would go Yeah, I don't think I would have really, because I would have sang and then also put on my Jamaican accent, and I don't really want to. It just would have been bad. <laughs> yeah, it would have been, really been bad all around. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, that certainly relates. Um, Sid, will not you go and tell all our listener homegirls, what did we watch this week? Yes. Yeah, so this week we tuned into Karen, released 2021, currently available to stream on All Black, uh, written and directed by Coke Daniels and starring Corey Hardrick, Jasmine Burke, and Taryn Manning. All right. Let's start the show. The new Chitlin' Circuit. Welcome back to the new Chitlin' Circuit, the only podcast dedicated to Black Indies only. My name is Lex, and I'm here with my co-host, Sid. Say hey, Sid. Hey, y'all. And we got a very special episode for y'all today because we're also here with friends of the show and co-hosts of our favorite podcast, BJ and me too from the Pilot Podcast. What's up, y'all? Uh, thanks for having us again. Thank you. Thank you both. Okay, you guys know how we start each and every week with our 60-second challenge. Usually, Alexis explains the plot of the film we review, but this week, since we have two very special guests, me too will take the reins this week. I'm going to start our clock, and I forgot to mention, this week's challenge is sponsored by Ritz Crackers. All righty. <laughs> Malik, played by Corey Hardrick, and Imani, played by Jasmine Burke, are a young black couple moving into an all-white neighborhood named after Confederate General Daniel Harvey Hill. And their neighbor Karen, also Ritz Cracker or Saltine, played by Taryn Manning, is doing everything in her power to avoid that integration. But Malik and Imani are not going down without a fight. Great job. What was my time? You had 37 <laughs> seconds left. No. 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 Keep going. No. I'm t- you know what? I list- Me too, you do this every time. You come on here and you give such a succinct and professional synopsis of the movie. And then you have the nerve to want to know, did you set the PR? <laughs> yes, you did. I operate from a place of fear. I don't want to mess up. <laughs> well, I just, I mean, Alexis, go ahead, pack it up, friend. I mean, that's like the best time on the show. I feel like we're right. never going to come back took from me that. 58 seconds to describe this <laughs> yeah. movie with half the level of detail. Yeah. <laughs> so, congratulations, me too. Thank <laughs> you so much. Thank you. Now that we know what went on in the movie, very clearly and succinctly at that, uh, let's get on into our general thoughts on Karen. All right, y'all, before we get into our general thoughts on Karen, wanted to first shout out you guys, our listener homegirls, and rock the bell on Apple Podcasts. Y'all know we had a, well, Alexis had a good laugh a couple weeks ago <laughs> on the comment <laughs> that she left, that they left, um, but they did update that it recently and edited it like, OMG, didn't know we were going to read it on the show, it was a joke. Raquel, it was a jokey joke on our side as well. We know y'all be joking. I'm assuming y'all do like my singing now because, you know, let the haters be your motivators or whatever. Uh, But so (laughs) glad that you came back, that you're still coming back each and every week to listen to the show and enjoy, you know, what I I try to do uh, with my singing voice every week. So uh, shout out to you, Rock the Bell, and all of our other listener homegirls who come back each and every Monday to hear what we have to say about these Black indie films. Also... Look, y'all, this is, you know, we do sometimes pull out comments and read them on the show, but feel free to keep sending us like good, fun stuff you love about the show. Uh, hit us up on Apple Podcasts where you can leave a comment or on our social handles on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And maybe you'll hear, maybe you'll hear your comment aloud. Um, all right, y'all, let's get back to the show. So, BJ, what did you think about Karen? 
I have to say, even knowing what the movie was about, I was a little surprised, but in a good way. I liked how upfront they were with Karen being a stereotypical Karen and leaning hard into that, and even having some horror elements by the end of the movie. So overall, great experience. Me too. I agree. I assumed that's why y'all chose it, because we're coming up on Halloween. There were a few major themes that stuck out to me. One, it was woke out loud. At one point, (laughs) the husband turned to the wife and said, you are strong, beautiful, intelligent, and woke. (laughs) Oh, no. She said to him, you are a strong, beautiful, intelligent, and woke black man, which is why I married you. Then later in the movie, he said to her that you are sexy, college-educated, socially aware, and on top of that, a strong, beautiful black woman. I wrote down so much dialogue from this film. This is not going to be efficient. I also am obsessed with the fact that this film is obsessed with its name. At one point, the they say, wait, we have a white entitled neighbor named Karen? That sounds straight out of SNL, more like Black Mirror. Love that. Like, honestly, not enough. Add more. And then mm-hmm. I love that, like, it has the horror movie elements of really bad decision making, especially mm-hmm. from Malik of like Malik letting the cops search his car and Malik befriending Karen in a strange way, playing with her kids. Like that's odd. Um, I love that HOA was one of the villains. And then my last thought mm-hmm. is that it was very funny. I think we can save the who came to act as a spoiler, but I laughed every single time Taryn Manning did something. She was so funny. She was so good at delivering all this stuff. We did pick Karen to start off our spooky season kind of calendar for October. So that's true. Um, Right on the nail. I love a movie where the lead black woman character gets to kick some ass at the end. Um, And this was right up my alley. Uh, Let's, you know, say obsessed with Beyonce, um, bringing down the house, Queen Latifah, you know, those kind of vibes. And. Let's not. Um, Every episode with this bringing down the house. <laughs> it's a, it's a I black just classic. watched that last weekend. Wasn't so it great? Good. Was it your first time? No, no, no. Like my oh, okay. fulfillment, but it's so good. Great. <laughs> it's so good. It's some of Queen Latifah's best. Uh, but no, this fulfilled, because uh, I don't do scary, scary. So this was just mm-hmm. enough for me to enjoy a thriller Halloween type pick. Um, Taryn Manning, I don't know. She really can play quite the racist white woman. She was great in Orange is the New Black as homegirl. Um, then again in this, so Miss Manning, I'm looking at you sideways a little bit because you played it too well. <laughs> but nonetheless, I was glad to see Corey in this. You know, I love Mr. Hardricht. Um, and I'm excited to talk through some of these scenes with y'all and save uh, Alexis. What'd you think? You know, frankly, I, I was interested. I thought it was good in terms of it was good because it was unexpected. It's kind of like if somebody surprised you with a birthday cake, but it's not exactly <laughs> the flavor you like, but it's cake. <laughs> you know, that's how I felt about Unless this movie. Unless it's carrot cake. Oh, I love some carrot cake. I would or I would love that. A chocolate ice cream cake. Me too surprised me with one one time. And I don't like chocolate ice cream, but I ate the cake. I thought it was really funny. <laughs> I don't remember this. When was this? Our, our freshman year of college. You I and your roommate. I didn't pick the cake. <laughs> You know I don't like sweets that much. <laughs> they got me the cake and I just smiled. Well, that was very sweet of you. you. Nice of you to sort of introduce that now in front of people. But we'll mm-hmm. talk about it later. This is good. It adds We've to the lore. It. I feel <laughs> weight lifted. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. But other so other than a chocolate ice cream cake, yeah, it's like, oh, it's still a cake, <laughs> you know? I my only thought on this movie is why didn't they do more? Why didn't they turn it up? Like I feel like we could have went way more camp, like way more <laughs> kitschy uh, for something so damn silly. Um, so yeah, I remember them pushing this really hard, uh, and it sparking a lot of discourse from the promo trailer, and mm. nobody talked about it since then. Like I'm surprised no clips of this movie were really like circulated around, and I think that just speaks to the level of tameness really that the movie brought it could have been a lot more than it was that's what i think yeah 
And di- this premiered on BET Plus, I feel like. And, and uh-huh. I know they have a lot of mm. subscribers, but unless it's like one of the Tyler Perry series or something, I never see anyone really like saying, y'all seen this show on BET Plus? Which mm-hmm. they got to work on that a little bit. Definitely. But if y'all let me sit up here and talk about why BET is uh, doing wrong, we're going to be here all day. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> so now that we know what we think about Karen, we're going to walk through some of these scenes. Here on the New Chitlin Circuit, we like to start with the opening scene of the movie, except today. I actually don't like that I have to start here. Uh, This movie opens up with an aerial shot of a chalk um, written of of the words Black Lives Matter written on asphalt in chalk. And then we see from above a white lady uh, dumping a pail of water over it. Um, I said pale instead of bucket because bucket seems utilitarian, but pale sometimes it just feels old timey and racist. <laughs> yeah. uh, so a, a pail of water to wash off Black Lives Matter from the concrete. Um, <laughs> that's really the prelude to the movie. I cackled um, when I saw it. I screamed. <laughs> what we get into? <laughs> Wait, like, what the? No, because I was like, what? The, y'all, y'all are coming in real extra right now with Tara Manning agreeing to scrub Black Lives Matter off of a playground. That's crazy. I could only laugh. It's a strong start. To be honest, what struck me most was her wig. And I would love Mm. to dedicate maybe a section of this conversation to that. Do you Mm -hmm. think the wig was symbolic in some way? Like, if you do wrong by Black people, Mm. you will never learn how to lay one. Like, what happened? What do y'all think it meant? (laughs) You're in the right place. Me too. Right, yeah. (laughs) And especially because they were in Atlanta, one of the Black hair capitals of the world. Mm-hmm. That feels right. That mm-hmm. feels on point to me. I'm sure the hair and makeup team were questioning Taryn Manning for taking this role. And that is reflected in the wig. Good so enough for the movie, but not good enough to really pass through our our eyes, our, our test of a good wig. And you're bringing in makeup. Yeah, I'm thinking this is like a behind the scenes deal. So you brought up makeup and hair because I only said the wig, but you're saying the, the makeup. It's the same department. I'm I'm not saying her makeup looked good or bad. Hmm. I think they made her look like crazed. I feel like her makeup yeah. always looked a little off, <laughs> like a little off. <laughs> a little Karen. Yeah, a little bit. Actually, reminds us. Me too. You're digging deep into the lore as well here for this for our shows because we used to we actually started this show with the how are the wigs segment mm-hmm. and i think bring bringing in the story the narrative importance of this character's uh, hair and makeup is essential it is it's telling a whole story as soon as i saw that hair from the aerial shot cuz we got a great <laughs> view of the part i said this mm-hmm. is another character in the film like how new york is like the fifth <laughs> sex in the city girl uh-huh. that part <laughs> yeah was a character <laughs> You're yeah. right. The wig kind of powered all of her racism. I feel like like that was like her yeah. evil devil on her shoulder. The wig was yeah. telling her how to be nasty. Yeah. Yeah. So the wig had something to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so we get this um, prelude, which I love the implication of it because this is a standalone shot that just characterizes Karen and doesn't actually go into the story. Like there's no like, HOA talking about, oh, who keeps chalking the sidewalk? No, this is not a story element. It's just us seeing. She probably, that probably wasn't even her neighborhood. She probably did that in a completely different neighborhood. <laughs> she probably went um, down to East Point, yeah, found yeah. a Black Lives Matter playground, and scrubbed it herself. Yeah. So this is the type of lady we're dealing with. The next thing we get into the meet, we, we start our conflict here. We have a young Black couple. Um, that they just look really happy to be moving into their home. Um, they are together. They're married, but they don't have kids. They're um, just happy to be settling in and happy to start making some kids, you know. But not too long after they, you know, appear into Harvey Hill Plantation <laughs> subdivision, <laughs> uh, Karen is already sniffing around and and getting some opinions made with another one of the white neighbors. 
what y'all think at this point? Did, did you did you have high hopes for the movie? Were you already into the conflict at this point? Absolutely. I wanted to see how they were going to get their revenge and how far mm-hmm. Karen was willing to go to get them out of her neighborhood. At this point for me, I think one of the... Because I will, I will be brave. I'm not scared. I'm going to talk about some of the narrative flaws in this film. I'm not, gonna, I'm not scared of that. I think this film went for interesting before it like it's so much so that it kind of just missed out on character um me too i'm gonna like be listening out for this uh list of quotes you have from the movie because (laughs) the dialogue between these two characters felt so unreal it's karen standing out there with one of her neighbors and they go and they're black (laughs) like it's just not polite white people say african-american right right and then, of course, we go inside with the couple and they are calling each other like woke, sexy, uh, black king, queen. And they showed us the like roaming shot of general African art throughout their home. Mm-hmm. So they're yeah. letting you know through set design and not much else, like who these people are. And I agree mm-hmm. with you, uh, Lex, that um, I was very confused about the conversation between Karen and the neighbor and then Sydney to your point with like Karen and the HOA it felt mm-hmm. like a dropped plot point that like she was not the only racist person they were saying really racist things the problem is not over if Karen is resolved in some way right That's true. I did <laughs> like though with the neighbor I think it was Jan by Mary Christina Brown that I was surprised she was less racist and I was surprised that they made a divide with their like, Karen is the evil, overt racist. Everyone else in the neighborhood is the polite, smile at your face racist. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. positioned it as better when she was like, African-Americans don't have money. But these two clearly do if they can live in this neighborhood. It's like, that's a problem, right. too. That's not an ideal thing to hear someone say. Right. I could not get a read on that lady because she was also like, maybe we can get them on the HOA like board. (laughs) I didn't know what she wanted. I I think maybe she thought that they were like, um, you know, the type of black people that white Southerners really like, like athletes. Uh, like maybe mm. she thought mm-hmm. they was gonna make a, a couple little Tiger Woodses or Serena. Yeah. That's what it felt like, you know. Like that, that's like a like Herschel Walker. Like if Herschel Walker moved oh, into God. their neighborhood, yeah, and they would be like, heck yeah, this guy's awesome. Yeah. She reminded me a little bit too. Now that now that I'm thinking about it, if y'all remember this episode of That's a Raven they did during Black History Month. When Raven and Chelsea wanted to get those jobs at the mall, yes, and the store Do manager yes. whispers to Chelsea, I don't hire black people. But like to mm-hmm. Raven's face, she was so kind. That's who Jan was. That's the kind of racist she is. High key. Yeah. So I want to get us into, you know, this. They have these conflicts with Karen that escalate bit by bit. And we see the first one where Malik is exiting the home on a nice uh, Monday morning or something to go to work. And I guess he left the trash can out by the curb. And Karen said, that is a no-go. We don't do that in this neighborhood. The trash already came. Why is it out on the curb? And she's doing that white lady thing where, you know, she has a little Mm -hmm. bit of power and she's making it very clear that she's willing to use it. And that happens to be in her purview as the HOA president. Now, my opinion is that Malik handled this a lot better than I would (laughs) have. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Do, have any of you guys actually like lived in a place with an HOA? My parents yes. do now. Yeah. But it's a black yeah. neighborhood though. So it's different. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I've not had this experience. <laughs> no, it, HOAs are wild. My parents would get notice all the time of like length of grass, the shutters. This isn't something we experienced until we moved to the South, like to Georgia, but they're, very intense. And I went to high school with this kid. Couldn't tell you anything else about him. But the one fact I remember so strongly is he once said to me that one of the activities he enjoys doing was driving around his neighborhood and noting HOA violations to report to the board. Like, and this is an actual thing a human said to me. This is not from a show. This is something that this kid said to my face. His favorite things? Like a weekend activity. (laughs) 
You got to raise the next generation. Like on Saturdays, driving around, taking down like shutter violations, like shutter color. You painted your front door what color? Exactly. (laughs) Not in this neighborhood. Not on this cul-de-sac. Someone's going to hear about this. Well, what I will say, (laughs) I don't want Alexis to out me because I feel like it's going to come to this. I was going to be respectful, but I'm glad you're being honest. Go ahead Uh and tell our friends what you really think. About um, HOA. So, you know, somewhere down the line, let's say 20 or so years from now, when I own a home and Hmm. live in a community with the family, I am plotting to be the HOA president. Um, I love it. And I, I'm, I'm, thank you, BJ, for supporting me. I'm going to buy a golf cart and I'm going to drive around my subdivision and uh, see what the hell's going on. Yeah. Know those rules front and back, cover to yeah. cover. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I want to talk about the set design in this <laughs> cul-de-sac. Sydney, you've been saying that for years and I ignore you and I've already said to you, I don't like that. Like, I just <laughs> wish that you, I wish that that would change about you. I wish you <laughs> didn't want to drive around the golf cart telling other grown people Well, one thing do. did change. The golf cart is going to be like in the Mo Money Mo Problems video when Diddy had like the Benz golf cart. It's going to be like one of those. It's going to be black. Ooh. It's going to be fire. Oh, so but you it's can't kind park of like... that in the driveway, in the garage only. Yeah, garage only for that. I wouldn't call that a change. Well, that's the HOA rule, I imagine. It's kind of yeah. like, and we're on a tangent, but when neighborhoods are owned by all developer companies and then black wealthy people are like, we're going to buy black the block. And then yep. now you're paying rent to a black rich person <laughs> instead of a white rich person. <laughs> so right. that's what your right. golf cart sounds like. Progress. <laughs> Thank you, me too. <laughs> well, by the way, Sydney, I'm coming to your housewarming party. I'm excited to see your manicured lawn. Thank you, BJ. You are invited. You other two, I don't. Your invite might have gotten lost in the mail. We're gonna get know. stopped at the gate. Yeah, you should name I'm on the list. I'm gonna get you in trouble with your Ace away. I'm gonna bike there and leave my bike in the driveway. I'm the president. I'm gonna get, you I'm gonna get your bike removed. You don't want. You don't want to cross me. I will have the bike removed. Let me. Let It'll end up going, at the chop shop. I'm trying to tell you. You don't want to speak if I'm the president. Let me keep, okay, girl. <laughs> okay. See, now you're talking about chopping up my bike. I don't like that. <laughs> now, she might donate wanted, it you know, to the community she center. She's not donating none of that. <laughs> I, Sydney, that's messed up. <laughs> But I wanted to, okay, I'm glad that we have two folks here with some experience with HOAs because I, let me know if I'm tripping. In this cul-de-sac, I think one, one, this neighborhood, not as nice as these white people think it is. It's just nice because it's, it's only white people there. No. Two, yeah. I think Karen just be making shit up because what type of strict HOA lets you leave a basketball hoop in the cul-de-sac on the street? I nobody. ain't never seen that. You can't do that. No, yeah, I nobody. was confused that, by that too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And That's the trash can rule is BS because I feel at least in my parents' current subdivision, like the county doesn't provide trash pickup for whatever reason. So they have to like outsource to a third party. Who, mm-hmm. what's the rule? Who's telling who I'm paying to get my trash picked up? I can leave mm-hmm. my can out for as long as I want. So that's, that's some yeah, Rockdale shit, ain't it? Yeah, that is some Rockdale shit. The cab will come yeah. get your stuff. My and yeah, we're into cab. Shouldn't yeah. the HOA have rules about security cameras and where they can point? Regarding your neighbor's home. Yes. That's all I was thinking was, what type of rules they got then? So Malik was like, okay, cool. I guess we got a strict HOA. He didn't think anything of the trash can thing. But then later on that evening, the next escalation of Karen Karening is she has not only installed additional, like, (laughs) Nest cameras, <laughs> rain cameras on her house. She done pointed them all <laughs> to Malik and Imani's house. <laughs> and she is making a point of like drilling with her little black and decker, which I have reason to believe wasn't even drilling in the screws. I think she just was going out there <laughs> making noise just to worried. make a point. <laughs> you know? So yeah. they see that, and once again, they say, I guess this is just kind of weird. And they're not suspicious enough for me. They're not upset enough for me. But they have to be. It's a thriller. They can't, you know, be on, like, the scared side yet. It's it's all fine. It's just Karen being Karen. You know, we got to mm-hmm. have a real threat to feel scared. But right. I feel like the failure is you can't then have both. 
If it's a thriller, mm. make it a straight thriller, like the same That's beat true. of like we're unsuspecting and then it's a ton of action and mm. killing things or whatever. I don't watch horror movies. Yep. This is my assumption. <laughs> <laughs> I saw like us or something. And then conversely, if you're going to do it where it's grounded in this world where these two people call each other woke all the time and have like African art in their home, then you can't have their characters not be immediately suspicious. And I was so confused by Malik's mm. reaction to the cameras, to the trash mm-hmm. can thing, to her knocking on the door of his car, though it was an odd choice in Georgia, in a white suburb, to smoke weed in your car, in your driveway. Crazy. But he was so calm about all three of those things, and so was his woke, strong, educated, sexy, college-educated, <laughs> beautiful black wife. And so... <laughs> Who's a blogger. Who's a blogger. Right. So I was very confused by that. You can't do both, I don't think. Right. Honestly, I wish they would have... I They should have made it more, a little bit more thriller and dialed mm-hmm. up the insidious nature of Karen. Like, this lady should have been Ooh. going through their trash and, like, seeing, like, you know, uh, seeing what they got going on. She should have been, I don't know, yeah. trying to, like, offer them poison fish fry uh, mix. <laughs> <laughs> she should have been <laughs> she should have been writing that like we should have seen shots of her writing down the time that they leave and come back and like you know what I'm saying something it's just that makes too- me think now then I don't know if that was Coke Daniels purpose of making this movie I feel like you know I don't I don't know this writer director but what it seems like he wanted to do was make this of the times this is right after summer 2020 uh, yep. right after Karen became a thing and he wanted to make a quote unquote race movie and maybe not a thriller movie. Mm-hmm. And I got a, a a meta level to talk about with Coke Daniels. We did another one of his movies earlier this season, His, Hers, and The Truth, right? Which yeah. was pretty much just a remake of When Harry Met Sally, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Mm. So I think this was just him doing kind of the same thing with Lakeview Terrace, except, you know, making it of the times. Because our next escalation is pretty much the same plot point uh, from Lakeview Terrace, which is we had the smoking weed in the car. (laughs) And then we had uh, Malik and Imani were, you know, getting intimate in their own private property. And Karen's son happened to be able to see that from his bedroom. So she was mad about that. You know, mm-hmm. did you guys see Lake View Terrace? When it I came? haven't. No. No. Oh, that, oh y'all got to watch that. Yeah. Samuel <laughs> Jackson was mad as hell. Kerry Washington married that white man and brought all of that interracial love into his neighborhood. Oh, I mm-hmm. did not that watch one. that movie. But the my toxic trait, as they would say on the internet, is I read the plots of horror movies when I'm too scared to watch them, but I'm curious about the story. That was a wild read on the movie spoiler.com. Lakeview Terrace. Yeah. Yeah. So you've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah. I've seen it. I've seen a lot of movies that way. Yeah, you've seen it. It's also like uh, that Clint Eastwood movie um, where he was just racist. Oh, Gran Torino. Boom. Oh. <laughs> Same idea. Um, I guess we just fit it to the 2021 Karen thing. Mm-hmm. That's my idea about what Coke Daniels was going for. I will say with this escalation, though, I started to get a little more interested in where they were going with Karen and the horror, because this is our first hint that Karen is maybe attracted to Malik. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then, and there's yeah. another scene where she invites him into the home. And I was like, OK, she's trying to like sleep with him, cause yeah. some problems in their marriage. But they drop that later and i thought that would have been a great plot point yes that's true i'm very surprised because i did not see it that way and i thought all of y'all would have had your third eye open really when she told him to take his shirt off and she caressed his hand as he checked the antifreeze in her car Mm -hmm. yes she was no she was not what was she doing then what was she doing Building a case. She was not making moves. She did not want him. She was trying to incriminate him. Oh. That's it. If dragging her arm across, dragging her hand across his arm, trying to get skin DNA under her fingernails oh, as some okay. sign of a struggle. Uh, trying to get him to take his shirt off. 
trying to get him to take his shirt off. DNA. She could do both, have fun, and then play victim. Yeah, there's more. Probably. Yeah. There's more than a couple ways to do that. And she chose a sexual <laughs> route for a reason, even if that's what she was doing. I can't believe yeah. that. <laughs> or I thought My she third, was like, was if she did open. like get him, get Malik to sleep with her, then of course he and Jasmine would get a divorce and then have to move out of their home. She gets what she wants. Yeah. That's what but I thought she was easy, doing. And that's not a thriller, you know? I yeah, thought she was I sowing was the more. seeds of discontent in their marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which honestly would have just been her fertilizing them because they have some discontent as it is. <laughs> um, you know, Malik is, you know, we see them arguing after they put up some curtains. <laughs> we see Malik and Imani arguing because Malik really wants to start their family. He wants to get her big and, you know, have her barefoot and pregnant. Yeah. But she is not really feeling what. Her big. I'm just, I haven't heard that in a while. Sorry. Yeah, because you done went and got that girl big. That's, that's how my family would say that. Um, he wants to get her big, but she's not satisfied financially. Apparently, they, you know, they could barely afford the house. She's the breadwinner and he's in the nonprofit space. And that frustrates him a lot. But <laughs> he smells of weeds. You can't can't be a daddy if you smell like weed. It's just right. Two things come to mind: the idea of a full time blogger outpacing a full time salaried worker, and then the way they make money at the end. And then the second thing that makes me laugh, but maybe inappropriately, is: Do y'all remember the plot line on Love and Hip Hop Atlanta when uh-huh. Waka and Tammy were having trouble conceiving, and the issue, one of mm-hmm. the issues, the fertility doctor pointed out was Waka's weed habit. So maybe Imani had a point. That's what I was thinking when I watched. I didn't know weed could affect fertility. And the guy, the fertility doctor on Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, which I guess in hindsight, maybe I'm not relaying proper medical information. (laughs) But he said that like Waka's sperm count was, it's, I can't remember what's normal or what's bad or whatever, but it was like a tenth of what it was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And he said Mm -hmm. weed was an issue. Yep. And it could have been that, because that's the whole reason why Malik was out there smoking in his car. He didn't want his wife to know he was smoking weed. But it's mm-hmm. like, if you hotbox your car, you're going to come back smelling like weed. He's, yeah. he's right? dumb. You're close. Right. Smoke outside. And as a black man in Atlanta, I've never been one, but I was just saying, if I was <laughs> and I drove a fucking scat pack charger, I would not be, I would not be hotboxing that. Because that is like the most pull-overable car <laughs> on mm-hmm. I-20. Like, they just, yes. you don't even have to be speeding. They're just going to pull you over. That's I don't know true. why you would do that. That's <laughs> true. That's irresponsible. Uh, Malik and J- Imani. I'm going to call her Jasmine. Oh, that would have been a good name, though. Yeah, her yeah. name is Jasmine, though. <laughs> okay. Uh, so after uh, we have the incident where Malik, goes into Karen's home to wash his hands when he lives next door, but whatever. I'll let that go. Uh, Malik and Imani then throw a housewarming party for, you know, their friends and family. They just moved in, want to see the new home. I want to bring up first, Malik is dressed in a... (laughs) (laughs) It's clothing. (laughs) A um, kente print stole. (laughs) (laughs) All black. Um, I'm sure the the costuming for this film was deliberate, and but that really took it up a notch for me personally. Seeing mm-hmm. him walk around his own home in a stall like he's Professor Malik, um, when he's yeah. really just Mr. Malik at whatever community center he work at, <laughs> and he looked like Hugh Hefner in Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> he that was not the only Kente. Multiple people had kente earrings, kente the bow ties. Africa earrings. The Af- there were Africa earrings. I texted BJ no fewer than 15 times during this dinner party <laughs> scene exclusively about the woke sartorial choices. Mm-hmm. They yeah. wanted to let you know we were pan-African. Very. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that many woke people hung out together at once. <laughs> I they all it was clumped like- together. <laughs> You know? The problem, 
I think the problem is with this whole movie is that it's just very of the Black Lives Matter era. Mm -hmm. And 2020 wasn't the Black Lives Lives Matter era. That's when white people caught up. Yeah. (laughs) But this is like so 2014. Like now, Mm -hmm. like it would just make more sense if it was like a person in a Howard's like hoodie (laughs) and like, you know, somebody. Yeah. The Africa earrings. Definitely. There would be an Afrocentric female sociology Mm -hmm. professor in attendance <laughs> and she Always. would be wearing that but like the costume everybody was just a caricature in this movie at one point one of the men said all lives can't matter until black lives matter and then mm-hmm. his partner or whoever she was to him goes that's right baby can you imagine a black person saying that to another black person like, I don't no. think that those words have ever left my mouth. I know I, we are not a monolith, but I can't fathom saying to another black person, black lives matter. And that person is like, that's right. <laughs> I, I just, I can't picture it. I can't picture yeah. it. And certainly not past, like, to your point, 2013 at most, yeah. 2014, like, really. Yeah. yeah. Um. It's just not a talking point anymore, but I think this this movie... Oh, that's my review of the movie. This shit is so late. Yes. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. It's it so is. late. Like, these movies where the climax of it is really supposed to be a conversation. Like, I think... Mm-hmm. I just... Mm-hmm. We're going to regret Black Lives Matter films. Had this you come know? out pre-Get Out, he would have been on to something. Jordan Peele kind of, like, changed, like, the race horror thing, you know? So... If Coke Dan has released this in 2014, oh, Sydney, the blacks would have won. race I'm movies. The <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> like race music in the 60s. Like not race, race movies. <laughs> well, I can say that. You, I'm you black. Got I can away say that. <laughs> Is this not the new Sydney put on circuit? her HOA hat? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Race people over there. <laughs> I'm a different kind of Negro. Okay. The Please. essence of this film is like picture it. I think we're all around the same age. It's 2014, 2013. You're at brunch. There's a gentleman next to you in tight jeans, Chelsea boots, and a shirt black with big white lettering that says Nuck if you brunch. That is the essence of this film. <laughs> It's when people put, you know, like warning educated black man on a t shirt. That's the essence of this film. I saw a shirt the other day. Straight out of HBCU, like in the straight out of conference. Yes. (laughs) Or I saw a shirt the other day at the airport. I stopped in my tracks because I was like, wow, I haven't seen this in eight years. It said, nope, in quotation marks, dash Rosa Parks. No. (laughs) It it was in Hartsfield Jackson. I stood completely still. I, it stopped me. And you know, Hartsfield Jackson is the airport where you have to move. You have to get to uh-huh. where you're going. Yeah. I, yeah. I stood still and I watched this person as they walked past. I haven't seen a Nope Rosa Parks shirt probably since 2014. You're right. That's what I'm saying. That's like, the, yeah. They were took hot me off back the shelves. To people yeah. swag surfing next to a chicken and waffle dish. <laughs> And me too, you had that on your mind. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be so mad. Do you remember these times my friends would make me go, you pay $30 for a meal, the food gets cold, people are Cupid shuffling, your yeah. meal is cold, the eggs are bad, it's not good food. Oh my gosh. Who can swag serve like hungry? A... <laughs> Nobody. That's such actually. a good catch line. That sounds like a Southern brunch though. In my experience in DC, DC people want to eat and drink. Damn, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never had a swag this was so in, DC. in DC. Really? What was you really? at the Smith? You was at Park? <laughs> no, no, I was never a Park girl. Uh, I will follow up with the names later. I think something called Law Society, Eaton, something. Eatonville, not Eatonville. 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 Like That's an after church place. Yeah. Damn. Oh, I have very I different associations with swag these surfing up in there. Oh, damn. <laughs> Well, I, I'm sorry that this movie brought that up for you. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate that. I really yeah. appreciate that. I take breakfast foods extremely seriously, BJ can tell you. It's my eggs. favorite meal, especially eggs. Mm. I'm very particular. Oh, same. 
Same. Well, speaking of food, at this housewarming party, Karen brought a fruitcake. <laughs> and <laughs> In a fucking Sid, I think you had... <laughs> I think you had mentioned, Sid, about potential poison. This is the first mm-hmm. time I was like, oh, Karen's about to poison everyone at this party. Ooh, I didn't even but that's put, so yeah. unsavvy. Because wow. any white person know that a black person ain't never going to take no slice of no fruitcake. No. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Unless it's Jamaican and it's like sopped up in rum. Ain't no black mm. person ever going to eat no fruitcake. I ain't never had that in my life. <laughs> no. But Karen came in on games. Okay, so she brought the fruitcake, nestled <laughs> uh, her way into the kitchen where Jasmine is preparing, you know, the black delicacy, potato salad, <laughs> sans raisins. And Karen is wondering why she's mashing potatoes. She mixed a potato salad, Karen. Then she moses her way back into the family living room, sits down and goes, but I thought all lives matter. It waits <laughs> for a response. Like, first five minutes of being in the party. Yeah. <laughs> she called them you people, like, as she walked in. Truly. Yeah. <laughs> she walked in, sat down, and said, you people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's I think that's even one. more evidence, though, of, of them being caricatures. Now, y'all mm-hmm. let me know if I'm wrong, because that wouldn't be the first time this happened this evening. Why was them as black people making potato salad at nighttime for an indoors event? That's good weird. point. Good point. And it was very like mushy looking. It kind of yeah. looked like that. <laughs> it was very white. I, I have didn't to see say no Karen's relish. Question no was mustard. relevant. They should have picked one up at Publix. They would have been better served. Yeah. 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 If you're doing That's nighttime all. potato salad, and they mm-hmm. were dressed in like fall type clothes a lot of jeans a lot of sweaters yeah so i don't know that this would have been the right weather as well for a potato salad to thrive right. in your belly um yeah that they was were very dressed confusing. like it was going to be a reading of like w.e.b du bois essays and they had the professor from like the auc come down <laughs> and you know read some of these <laughs> these works but it was just a housewarming it's yeah. too. I guess it's too woke for me. I'm not. That. <laughs> That's the other thing. Like, can you imagine? And again, like maybe it is this just issue of being late. But she comes in. She's like, "You people, all lives matter." You know, I never owned slaves. All this stuff. All the hits. Mm-hmm. The guy turns to her. Like these are people in conceivably in their late twenties, thirties. I think you would just go home if it's just like a strange environment like that. He turns to her and he was like, you may not have owned slaves, but 400 years ago, you're paying for, we've been dealing with this. Can you imagine going over a history of slavery at a nighttime party with friends or at any time? Your friend's neighbor who you don't know. (laughs) Yeah. You know this lady. Yeah. Yeah. Not with her. Not with her. Y'all gotta come to a Howard party. There's that famous tweet. I can't party with Howard people. Bitches in the bathroom talking about slavery. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, might happen. Accurate. accurate. But the older though. I get, I do be like, oh man, y'all scaring the hoes. Why are we not drinking? Yes. Like, yes. Damn. That's the thing. Like, that's why I specifically talk about their age. When I was like 23 mm-hmm. and like right. a little bit more willing to engage and I want to be right mm-hmm. and I'm young and whatever then sure. Maybe I would have done a history of colonialism and imperialism. But (laughs) at like my age now, even just on the other side of 25, I can't Mm -hmm. imagine. At this point, they're all like, they've been in the workforce for a few years. Like you're tired. Mm -hmm. You want to hang out with your friends, put on your little kente clothes and relax. (laughs) And you can't even do that. Because this lady is yelling at you while you're trying to enjoy some mashed potato salad. <laughs> like Bad things happen to bad people, as Karen says. That was yeah. very funny. I laughed. I was like, she got him. <laughs> that was such a no. funny line. <laughs> I, you know, love, hate diaspora wars online. But I will just, I would give any non-African American black person a pass to hate on us a little bit just off of that kente stole. Just yeah. off of that. That, that That's is wild. taking us back as an ethnicity. <laughs> Why do you have that on? That don't even make no sense. That same You're not orange. even graduating. That's what you did. There's no culture behind that. That was my confusion. It looked like, BJ, what was the name of our black graduation ceremony? It had a name. I can't remember what it is. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Final Honors. 
it looked like final mm. honors where we all wore kente stoles in addition mm-hmm. to our college stoles. That was the exact vibe. And I think mo- a lot of PWIs do that. I think schools in general of like the kente stole with the other stole. Just to be like, this is one of our black graduates. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Not the, we in 2013. So I- <laughs> Put your fist up. <laughs> Put my fist up. <laughs> it no, was a mess. My best friend tacky. went to Vanderbilt. She did this. They had Black Vandy graduation the day before, I guess, the yeah. larger ceremony. She had her kente stole and her like Vanderbilt stole. Nice. Yeah, that's how they did. And they gave us each a rose and you were supposed to go out into the crowd and give it to your mom and then come back to the stage. Yeah, In hindsight, touching. I wonder how that feels for people who don't have great relationships with their parents. But I found Very my awkward. mommy, surprised her with a rose. In my little kente. Yeah. And it was stressful. We were on stage and I was like, I can't see my mom from here. I like need to know <laughs> where I'm going. <laughs> yeah, one of but my friends just out. threw hers out. I would have yeah, threw mine. I just gave <laughs> it to the first, <laughs> the first black lady with high cheekbones. <laughs> 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 no, my mom, yeah. I would have heard her before I saw her. So we'd find each other. She would have found you. Miss yeah. Kim yeah, she would have found, found you. Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just looks silly because they're supposed to be having a nice evening. Um, and also, I'm I'm just not the set design. Where were the boxes? This was a fully settled into home. They wasn't mm-hmm. showing nobody around. Like, mm-hmm. is this a housewarming or just a kickback? That's what it felt like. But I'm being nitpicky. That's true. It's a kickback, wanna... a reading of essays. It's, I don't know, that's yeah. what it was. A salon. It, yeah, I can only salon. tolerate that go. from gay people. If I show up to a regular <laughs> kickback and we read in literature, I'm not fucking with it. It's a new renaissance, a black renaissance. Hate it. Unless I can make eyes with a hot alt bisexual girl, I'm out. <laughs> you don't want to open your mind to somebody housewarming? <laughs> There's nothing straight black people can op- open my mind about. <laughs> no, I'm just here to drink and party. Okay. <laughs> That's off topic. Um, I want to really get us to the climax here because something you mentioned, a quote from the movie, BJ, is that someone was like, this is like an SNL skit. And I don't know if you guys remember. That was me too. I'll give her her credit. Oh, lovely. Because y'all was repping y'all set, so I just assumed. It's a team effort, but me too didn't say the words. (laughs) Yes. Well, it was you, me too, who said that. And I don't know if you guys remember, and I just just feel so millennial to refer to an SNL skit as a popular SNL skit. (laughs) But there was a popular SNL skit years and years ago um, where they pretty much just did this like uh, dramatic parody of a gun scene in a movie where when someone pulls out a gun, they play Jason Derulo's Ooh, mm, what, what you, you say? Yeah. <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> like, as soon as you think everybody in the room is dead, somebody grabs a gun and goes, Ooh, what you say? <laughs> and that is where this movie climaxes. Um, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even make that connection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Karen... Karen's brother is a cop and a lot of things happen here, but it's pretty much, if y'all seen actual real life Karen videos, then you know what? Mm-hmm. She calls the cops every chance she gets. She does stuff like that. Her brother's a cop. She gets him to plant weed on Malik, like an ounce of it. Like, a like, big like ass a bag of weed. Like, huge bag. <laughs> like he had a distro. He had that much weed in his car. <laughs> right. I don't even know where to get that much weed. Um, he's arrested and then she has... Uh, pretty much the police come up in Malik and Imani's house and there's a shootout (laughs) and it's very ooh what you say everybody's got a gun it's also like that scene in the office where they're all pointing finger guns at each other Mm -hmm. (laughs) now did y'all seriously like that because this is where the movie made me go okay I have one critique and I think they should have laid more into the whoop ass for Imani, I feel like she didn't have enough screen time to really kick Karen's ass before she got shot. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's my critique. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. barely dragged her, and then Karen got her gun back and shot her. One thing mm-hmm. I will say that was funny for character development that I didn't notice, my partner noticed when he walked into the kitchen uh, and I was watching it, is he pointed out that Karen had a revolver. 
Yeah. Like yeah, everyone else a had a gun blicky. and she had like, he was like, is that part of it? Like, <laughs> like is this passed down to her or something? And I was like, no. Probably. An unexplained right, revolver. But yeah, is is another character in the film. I'll say <laughs> it worked for me only because of Amani's like last breath at the end. We thought she was shot and dead. But mm-hmm. she could get up just long enough <laughs> to shoot the gun and then pass out. Again. <laughs> that was so funny. You see what I'm saying? But I agree with I agree with Sydney about the whoop ass though. This mm-hmm. uh, to me the only when I got an hour into this movie and Karen is still at large, the only way I would have been satisfied is if she would have dropped her off a balcony like in obsessed, obsessed, <laughs> you know, or breaking yeah. in when Gabrielle Union was just tearing those people Ooh. up. Ooh. That was so good. I like that, that was movie. good. I saw that yep. in theaters. Mm. Loved it. I think I saw it with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure. If y'all like that, that you definitely got to watch Lakeview Terrace. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, now this is just the most. Eh, I'm gonna try and keep it. I'm going to try and keep it light, but I just don't like, I don't think neoliberals make good art. Um, <laughs> the movie, the, the solution that that is in the minds of this movie mm-hmm. is that, that was Ben Crump, wasn't it? That was, you, I have something to say about Ben Crump. Where there is a camera and racism, he is present. <laughs> Do you think Ben Crump has a SAG card? Because he was on, yes. he was on, yes. uh, Issa Rae's show too, rap shit. Yeah, he, sure he was, was on, on rap shit. Married to Medicine too, was he not? He was on Married to Medicine <laughs> to do what? Corrupt is a member of SAG for sure. Yeah, <laughs> he definitely had. That's they he's getting his some, health insurance yeah. through the union. Oh yeah, Married to Medicine <laughs> had Al Sharpton on um, last season because you know they went down to DC for like the bigger Black Lives Matter march to like test people for COVID and stuff. And Ben Crump and um, Pastor Al both came to dinner <laughs> with the Married to Medicine mm-hmm. cast. <laughs> yeah, wow. So he shows up, and that's you know yeah. what that means. Everything's okay. the right. The bad cop, you know, goes away. And there was a good cop in this movie. There was a white savior in this movie. And he's mm-hmm. he's a hero. The bad cop goes away. And Ben Crump comes and gives a speech. Mm. And that's what closes Racism the film. done. With yeah. a man playing the trumpet. Like his life depends on it live now next that? to Ben Crump. I tried Who to describe it to a friend to a over text. <laughs> I filmed it for a friend and sent it to her because I didn't know how to explain it. I sent it to Ariel BJ. I literally didn't know how to describe it. <laughs> so I filmed it and sent it. And she was like, you're right. I would have never understood this. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm surprised that that didn't make it to Twitter. Like that clip. I don't, I, they should have just, I don't understand how people didn't talk about this movie. Cause it's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Did I convince y'all to like it less? <laughs> Not less. Damn. But. I do have more critiques than I thought I did. <laughs> Can we talk about the daughter's black boyfriend? Very quickly. I wanted to bring that up too. Oh, there are several yeah. drop storylines, like the kids liking them and maybe liking black people, but the daughter's black boyfriend means a lot to me to discuss. Mm-hmm. Efficiently, of course. I don't want yeah, to no, please. Let's get into it. BJ, please. So Karen has a daughter, Sarah, who... After Karen in rage knocks over Amani and Malik's trash can, <laughs> and Amani is just like, I guess sheet. it was a dog. I'll clean it up. <laughs> Sarah comes to help. And I, I think I texted Mita. I was like, the only point for Sarah is just to drop this bomb that I have a black boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Never and raised React. Yeah. Here you go. What do you have and to say Sarah about that, Amani? And like, what, 11, 10, 11? She's a, she's a small kid. Yeah, elementary school, just a little kid. Yeah. My thing is, that messes with the whole premise of this movie. Like, why? and I get it that things are filmed in Atlanta. I get that. But mm. things are filmed in Atlanta and not set in Atlanta. It don't make mm. no sense that mm. your daughter go to school in Atlanta. And it, of course she has a black boyfriend. Like, of course, that, that's pretty likely to happen. It's niggas everywhere in Atlanta. <laughs> like that's that's not the exception. That's the rule. They should have filmed it in Atlanta, took out all that B-roll of I-75, and just said it was in Nashville. Like yeah. it just yeah. would have made more sense. 
That's how I feel. It don't even make no sense to not like niggas that much if you live in Atlanta. You That's should move true. to Smyrna. We or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't or know. they make it a throwaway line of like the kids going to one of those private schools that have no, almost no black people in them. Something mm. where mm. she's making it clear she's sheltering her kids. But it's true. Mm. That neighborhood, those houses, that cul-de-sac, that has a black school attached to it. Yeah. It looked very right. Nothing about that neighborhood. I don't know what... What's like hashtag white luxury? I don't know. I'm on the, you know. <laughs> no, I don't But know. it didn't give that. That's what they were trying to go for. <laughs> Not quite. I mean, Atlanta has such an indistinct, like, every, things are so indistinct because it was all built in, like, 1989. So, like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's hard to look at something. You know, if you're in Boston or something, this shit is 100 years old. This is like a, a, a Victorian revival corner lot on a, like, historic, like, it makes sense. But this, used, this was trees in 1974. <laughs> so, like, this is all ridiculous. <laughs> and speaking of that, I don't know if y'all had the same confusion about the demographics of the neighborhood. They were very surprised about Amani and Malik moving in like, oh, now we have a black family. But then later it's revealed a very prominent black family lives in the neighborhood. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Right. Or maybe the thing is like, you know how some black people transcend blackness? Like, I don't think like, you know, like like The Rock or like how Will Smith for a certain part of his career was able to like, you know, he wasn't making black movies anymore. Maybe that family wasn't black to them. Cease and desist coming in the mail <laughs> right no. now. The Rock hears that you called him a black actor. No, Cease and desist. That's, Dwayne Johnson is African American. You're right. Please, excuse, please excuse our surprise initially, Sydney. You're right. Thank you. That's a strong, educated, socially aware, sexy black man. <laughs> Like two of those adjectives apply. <laughs> He's not going to like strong. it. All you guys are going to hear from his people. Do not call him no. I didn't say actor. anything. Mm-hmm. He's playing Black Adam. Ain't he black? I don't get it. Black yeah. Adam's like, um, what? what's that? Uh, not African. But. Caribbean? Uh, no. Because that's still. You know, that would, <laughs> that would yeah. let him remain. Yeah. Never mind. I'm not going to go into the comic lore. No, no, no. Like, the character is like a slave over more like Saudi Arabia, Middle East, They got Africa. Dwayne oh. The Rock Johnson playing a slave. Hey. Oh, times are changing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think he's only a slave for like his backstory and then quickly becomes superpowers. All right. (laughs) Okay. um, Let's go ahead and get to the awards. Yes. (laughs) You know, Sydney nominates us an actor every episode for who came to act. And I want to know, Sydney, who came to act in this movie? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, on this show, we don't, you know, we only nominate black actors for this. But, you know, we did give Miss Manning her accolades up front. So shout out to you, Taryn. Uh, But for this week's Who Came to Act Award, I'm going to nominate Corey Hardrick, Malik. Mm. Well, usually, (laughs) you know, I... I give the my accept or deny has just softened so much throughout the tenure <laughs> yes, of the show. When we first give me started like hard vetoes. Yeah, when we first started, <laughs> I used to be like, "Nah, <laughs> yeah. no, I don't accept that." But now I just accept every single one of them. And when I disagree, I do something like this because I disagree this week. <laughs> I think you being fake. I think you really like Tiamari, and I don't think Corey gave us enough to do that. But I love Corey Hardrick so. And I don't really have the power to veto that uh, these days. So <laughs> is what it is. BJ and me too. Would you guys like to suggest a runner up or would you like to get behind what the committee has put before us? <laughs> I guess Jasmine is runner up. They're both our classic horror film couple who is not mm-hmm. suspicious enough. And then things get really bad and they act so surprised. And I was convinced (laughs) that they were blindsided. You know what? That's true. Because I was going to say, I can't think of who came to act beyond Taryn Manning 
because the movie is so centered around her character. But Malik is so clueless, so powerfully clueless that maybe Corey Hardrick did in fact come to act. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So thank thank you you for that. Yeah. Uh huh. I see what you're saying. And I will say, um, <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Because no, I think had Jasmine really like fell out just a smidge harder for me when she got shot, it might have. She did. Her, she her, she think, threw her shoulder. Yeah. So hard. I <laughs> know. I thought she did great. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to send that clip to my sister because she yeah. and we were kids younger uh we were like looking for halloween costumes in the target and we found like um fake swords or whatever we just play fucking around we sword fight she stabs me with the sword i fall out in the target aisle i mean i gave a performance of a lifetime people i'm talking like oscar <laughs> and i think had jasmine done something you know a tinge just more dramatic <laughs> for me she would have been nominated this week I'm sorry. I didn't know someone was here with subject matter experience. So, like, let yeah. me step aside. Yeah, I don't argue with the committee. That. Yeah, you did that. <laughs> it's been one too many times where I bring up something logical and she says something like that. And I- <laughs> <laughs> but this is why this we is love the bad. show. We being BJ <laughs> and me and everyone tuning in. That's a lot love of people. Oh, BJ, how does it? Can I ask you a question? <laughs> Because yes. we call our listener our, our listener homegirls, <laughs> because statistically, <laughs> so as a man, do you feel um, excluded when we say that, or are you a listener homegirl? It did stand out to me, like I had noticed it, but you know, it doesn't bother me that much. You know your audience better than I do, and I'm just happy to support the new Chitlin circuit. I love that. Thank you. As a bonus question, when you sing like Fantasia songs, do you switch the pronouns? Or when is I it still sing- you sexy boy? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if you know this, but Me Too is the real singer from the pilot podcast. She won't let me record her voice. I have like a few rare recordings that I well send back to her so she knows I have them, but she's the real singer. This is bullying. I want y'all to know that. I'm not a talented singer. I, I don't want you to bullying. take this as anything I love every song Me Too sings. He's bullying uh-huh. me. The Reba mm. theme song, Me Too, so good at it. Well, I love Her that cover. Song. Damn. <laughs> the next time we have y'all on, we, I'll make sure it's one of Sydney's singing co-opens mm-hmm. so that you could chime yeah. in. Me Too. Yeah. I didn't know we had a singer. Mm-hmm. You don't. Yeah. Not in me. You're like... Me too. You're in good company, sis, because, you know, I'm a singer. (laughs) (laughs) You're in great company. (laughs) Let's plan a duet. No, you can carry a tune in a way that I cannot. When I was a kid. You can carry a tune. That's not true. Alexis, fix your face. I don't know why. Because what are we talking about? (laughs) No, I have a horrible voice. Horrible. When I was a kid, my parents used to prank me. If I was singing alone in my room, they would bust in and be like, why are you crying? Because they would, <laughs> they jokingly, meaning like my singing sounds like crying. And so that is like a running joke in my home. So I Damn. just need y'all to know it is terrible, but I enjoy it. Yeah. Well, if sounds you like song trauma broke heart, your confidence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Well, well, shoot. I, I've had such a great time talking about Karen with y'all. We must, I know most of, I mean, our listener homegirls listen to our loyal listeners listen to this, mm-hmm. know exactly who y'all are. They tune into the show every week. They know all about the pilot pod. But just in case it's somebody's first time tuning in and, and they haven't heard about the pilot pod and what you guys do, go ahead and tell them a little bit more. Sure. We are two best friends who love to talk about TV. So every week we pick some new or old pilot episodes of television shows and we answer the question, should I watch this? We make it easy and fun, quick reviews with a rating system that I think is really relatable. That's true. We recommend if you should watch it and marathon it that day, if you watch it with some laundry or while you're cooking, or if you should honestly pass. What rating would you give Karen? What do you think people, how do you think people should watch it? How I would watch Karen is how I watch a lot of these types of movies, which is I would have friends over and I would make it a fun occasion where like Mm. maybe we're in Kente, maybe we're mirroring what we're seeing on screen. We're having fun 
and we're watching and laughing and having discussion circles about it together. That's how I love to watch movies like this. BJ knows this. This is how I like to socialize. I invite friends over and I'm like, I found a terrible movie the other day. Let's watch. It's all I like to do. Especially Christmas movies. I'm getting my spreadsheet ready. I do a spreadsheet of the Christmas movies so I don't miss any. BJ, how would you watch it? Yeah. Right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I would say I would watch this on a plane. This is a good while you're traveling movie. Wait a minute. Never, y'all never give the ra- the rating on y'all rating system. <laughs> we expand it just for y'all. So this is a great traveling movie. You're in the terminal, you're on the plane, and you just need something to keep you entertained as you're going on your journey. Mm-hmm. I love that. I like that. Well, all right. I, I think we got it all in. Once again, thank you, BJ and me too, for yes. coming to chat with the listener homegirls. And now that you are here, BJ, because you might actually be our only non-homegirl listener. <laughs> so Whoa. everybody listening wow. to this is okay. <laughs> so yeah, I really appreciate y'all coming through. If you guys want to know what TV shows to tune into, you do what I do every week and tune into the pilot mm-hmm. podcast because they let you know should you tune in or not. All right. Sydney, you got anything else? Um, no, I guess I don't think you guys told us or told the listener homegirls where they can find you on your socials. Um. We're on all podcasting platforms. We're on thepilotpodcast.com. And we're on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at thepilotpod. Perfect. Nice. I guess we can Thanks. wrap it up now. Thank y'all again for coming on the show. We got to do it again soon. This is always a lot of fun. So appreciate y'all. I appreciate you. you. Thank you for having us. Thanks for listening. To join in on the conversation, meet us in the Twitter streets at TNCC Pod or over on Instagram at New Chitlin Circuit, spelled C-H-I-T-L-I-N. And to keep up with our latest, visit our website at thenewchitlincircuit.com. Circuit.com.